This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. All right, and welcome to it. Good to have you along for another edition of the Employment Law Show. John Scholes here, always Lior Samfiru, co-founding partner Samfiru to Market LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Here at your service, answering your questions on the show today. We got so much uh, to get to. We're going to be talking about reprisals. What are those? Well, getting punished for standing up for your rights. If you could believe that happens, and it's actually more frequent than you think. So we'll uh, we'll dive deep into that, and of course, we'll try to answer as many phone calls. And emails as possible throughout the uh, throughout the hour. You want to reach out, by the way, through email anytime, not just during the show, but to uh, Lior and his uh, very capable and excellent crew, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And you may have heard about the severance pay calculator. Wonderful tool. Where can it be found? It can be found at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Over 2 million people have used it. Check that out, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And, of course, the phone number anytime. 1-855-821-5900 is how you get a hold of Lior and his team. So let's get through this. We're going to get into our uh, our topic of the day about reprisals here in just a bit. But we always start off with the week that was, pal. What do you got? Uh, what do you got cooking? Hey Johnny, uh, a nice uh, warm uh, day today, and yeah. uh, you know it's it, it is certainly the time to talk about employment law because guess what? It's Sunday, and tomorrow we're going back to work. So maybe we're kind of hesitant to go back to work because we're not sure what to do. There was a problem last week, and maybe the boss gave us an ultimatum. We need to respond. Maybe it's a situation where we, we've been dealing with the problem. We've kind of had enough. We want to know what to say to the boss. Well, whatever the issue, the problem, what an opportunity you have right now to ask the question so that you can start off the week tomorrow well so that you can get answers and, and know what to do, know how to solve your problem. Whether you're being mistreated, whether your your boss changed your job, your hours, your responsibilities, maybe you're worried about losing your job. Maybe you actually have lost your job. Maybe you're sitting on a layoff waiting to be called back to work. Uh, I can keep going, but whatever that issue is, there's answers, there's solutions, there's things that you can do, and it starts by picking up the phone right now and giving me a call so that I can tell you what you need to know. Uh, it, it's something that uh, you, by doing, you'll be helping others as well. So do it for them, do it for yourself. And of course, for me to actually roll up my sleeves and help you and get working for you, we'll give you that contact information in my, for my office, phone number and email address so that we can have a private chat as well. But right now, week that was, let me tell you, Johnny, about a couple of situations that came across my desk. Uh, the first situation, man, uh, is such a common one, and I always shake my head uh, when, I, when I hear it. So this person had worked uh, as a trucker. He'd been working for about four years as a truck driver, except like many truck drivers, including I'm sure a bunch of people that are listening to us right now, he was mm-hmm. always called in and told that he's an independent contractor. Even though he only worked for one company, he drove the company's truck, he, they told him where to go and, and you know what loads to take, etc. They said, no, no, you're an independent contractor, you're not an employee. Uh, so fast forward to very recently, he was let go, uh, you know, boss uh, and him had a disagreement, he was let go. And not only was he not paid severance, company told him, Oh, you owe us $4,000 because we overpaid for insurance on your behalf. So this guy, obviously distraught, contacted me. And this is one of the most common situations that I've seen in my 20 years of practice. Guess what, John? And you know this. 
truck drivers almost always are in fact employees in the eyes of the law. If you work for one company and they tell you what to do, where to go, etc., you are their employee. It doesn't matter what they say you are. It doesn't matter whether they withhold taxes or how you pay your taxes. None of that matters. If you have a job, you work for a company, you are that company's employee. So for this person, what did it mean? Well, it meant that he's owed severance. In fact, after the four years, he's easily owed about six months severance. So keep in mind, so they're saying, no, no, not only are you not getting severance, you owe us money. Yeah. Well, that's very nice of them, except that's not going to happen. He's going to get severance. I'm going to help him. But I wanted to remind uh, all the truck drivers out there, if you know, you're driving now down the road and, and you're hearing this, remember that. You are an employee. If you are let go, you're going to be owed severance. And by the way, John, this is not just a truck driver issue. People are misclassified all the time, whether they're working in an office environment, in a factory environment, their accounts, whatever it is, you are likely misclassified. If you have a job, you work for one company, you're almost always going to be considered an employee. That means you have rights like overtime and vacation pay and, of course, severance. So if you're not sure what you are, if you're not sure if you've been misclassified, if you believe you're owed something, you don't know for sure, call me. Email me because chances are you are an employee with entitlements. What is the, what's the history behind this? Why why you know why truck drivers? And like to your point, we've we've talked about this so many times over the last decade. Why are truck drivers always the focus of this? You know, that's a great question, and and I actually don't have the answer. I never actually thought about why is it so common and common in the yeah. truck driving industry. I just think that's the way they've always done it. But just because you've done it that way doesn't mean that it's legal. In fact, it's illegal. And there's plenty of court decisions on this, decisions by the employment standards branch. It's not even controversial. But I bet you right now, you know, there are people on the road driving, having their radio on, and they're listening. And they're like, wait a second. Can that apply to me? Yeah, it applies to you. Uh, and, And by the way, as I said, not just for truck drivers, a very common issue, this idea of being misclassified as independent contractors. Again, the deeper conversation anytime with Leor and his team, it's one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Let's get into this reprisals. That may be a term that some of our listeners aren't even familiar with, at least in the employment law scheme of things, but uh, let's get to it. Getting punished for standing up for your rights. Swift definition right there. I mean, in employment law, as I just mentioned, what exactly is a reprisal? Well, generally, the a reprisal is the idea that you're standing up for your rights, that you are trying to enforce those rights or ask questions about those rights, and you get punished for it. Well, wait a second. It doesn't work that way, right? You, you, have, you have rights as an employee. In fact, in Canada, you have some extensive, extensive legal rights. Those legal rights are meaningless if you can't ask questions, if you can't try to enforce them, and you can't be punished for doing that. So an employer that, despite what I said, punishes an employee, fires an employee uh, for for having the audacity to try to enforce their rights is guilty of a reprisal. And what that means is that they've committed a legal wrong, and they can be punished by that. There could be fines, penalties. In some cases, if the employee was let go, that employee could even be reinstated. So we want to talk a bit about how employees can enforce their rights and the protection that they have in knowing that they can't be punished for it. 
Again, reaching out if you want to do so, it's helpandemploymentlawyer.ca. Really, really simple stuff. And uh, 1-855-821-5900. Uh, common examples, what would that be? Uh, well, the, the common example may be, for example, with respect to overtime. So, you know, I know, I know that sometimes there's confusion about overtime, who gets it, who doesn't get it. And sometimes you may not be sure. Wait a second, do I get overtime, do I not? So you ask the question or you realize, wait a second, I'm owed overtime. So you go to your employer and say, hey, employer, you owe me overtime. You haven't been paying me. I need to get paid the overtime that's owed to me. Well, that is your legal rights. It's your legal right to enforce overtime. It's your legal right to ask questions about it. And what your employer cannot do at that point, okay, cannot mm -hmm. do, say, well, I, I, I'm upset that you're asking questions. I'm upset that it's going to cost me money, so I'm going to uh, lay you off. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to give you a different job, whatever it is, demote you. That is a reprisal. It's your employer's responsibility to comply with the law, and it's your right to ask them that, or, or demand that they do that. Another common example, by the way, is with respect to workplace harassment. You can ask and demand that your employer deal with that for you. So there's a many examples, overtime, vacation pay, you name it. If you ask questions, and you should ask questions, if you demand answers, if you demand compliance, your employer has to look at that seriously, has to do what they have to do to comply with the law. And what they cannot do is say, well, now I'm upset, so I'm going to take take that on you and punish you, that's a reprisal, that's illegal, and there are significant consequences in that situation. You bet. We are back, and thank you so much for hanging on here. You want to reach out toll-free, 1-877-399-9898. Again, call in now, talk to us, ask your questions, toll-free, 1-877-399-9898, or help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue with our discussion about reprisals, that is getting punished for standing up for your rights. But first, there's another matter we want to uh, we want to get through first, uh, Leo. What did, you, what did you have in mind? So I told you at the beginning of the show about a, a very common situation. That one was about a truck driver that was misclassified as an independent yeah. contractor when he's really an employee. Well, there's another category of employees that oftentimes are overlooked when it comes to their rights or at least misunderstood that they have rights. And these are construction employees. So I spoke this week with a gentleman who worked in construction and for the past seven or eight years, he always was off in the winters and he was always called back to work in the spring, always kind of like clockwork. Well, this year, mm -hmm. his employer decided that uh, they're not calling him back in the in the spring. And uh, when he contacted them, uh, he said, well, okay, well, are you going to pay me any severance? So he said, well, two things. Number one is you're a seasonal employee, so we're not going to mm -hmm. pay you severance. Yeah. And number two, you're in construction. Construction employees don't get severance. What's wrong with you? So. <laughs> And that's when he called me and he said, well, is that true? Well, John, that is completely incorrect on both fronts. Absolutely does he get severance. First of all, seasonal employee. Well, if you have a job where you always get called back, you know, in the spring in this case, and then the employer decides that's not happening anymore, then you've been terminated and you're owed severance. You're absolutely owed severance. And the fact that it's seasonal the fact that a job is seasonal doesn't mean you don't get severance. It's irrelevant. Seasonal or, or year-round, if you lose the job, you are absolutely owed severance. But here's the big one, and, and people get this wrong all the time. My gosh, all the time. Construction employees. Do construction employees qualify for severance? Yes, yes, absolutely, yes. They get severance. In fact, they get the same amount of severance as every other employee. 
It's based on their age, their position, and the length of their employment. So absolutely, you could be owed as much as two years severance. There's a big misconception uh, about construction employees. Uh, This has been going on for a long time. I've personally spoken with dozens and dozens of people that uh, were let go, were paid nothing. But the good news is that's easy to resolve. So if if you're in construction or otherwise, frankly, but if you're let go, you are owed severance. Let's talk. Let's make sure you get what you're owed. Your employer may be wrong or, or they may actually in good faith believe that you're not owed something. Maybe they're not bad. I'm not saying that they are, but it's irrelevant what your employer thinks what matters is what the law says you are owed. And yes, absolutely. Construction employees do get severance. Again, if that's brought up any questions in mind now for the remainder of the hour, whether you're in Alberta or BC, doesn't matter. We uh, we have you all covered toll free one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Would love to talk to you here on air. We were talking about uh, reprisals just in the in the first break, in the first segment rather. Uh, you are getting punished for standing up for your rights. It may be a situation where you may think you owed something. You didn't get overtime. Maybe you didn't get paid for an entire shift last night. It could be another thing. Could be a number of things. What do you do in that scenario? So. First of all, you know, it is always a good idea to do your, your research, right? You want to have as much information as you can so so you can call me, find out, by the way, if you're uh, if you owed something, if it's things such as overtime, you know, or vacation pay for that, you can even call the Employment Standards Branch and tell them your scenario. They'll be able to tell you, yes, you are or no, you're not. Uh, and then you talk to your employer about that and say, I, I found out that you know, I should be getting overtime if I work more than 40 hours a week and, and I've worked these hours and you got to pay me. Now, in some situations, you may not be sure if you are owed something. You, you think you are, but you're not sure if you qualify. Well, then it's absolutely appropriate to mm-hmm. ask your employer, am I owed this? And if not, explain to me why. So it's not enough for the employer to say, no, uh, we don't owe you a vacation pay or overtime. If the answer is no, that's great. But you have to tell me why. What is it that deprives you of that overtime? So you can ask the question. You can make sure that, that you get answers. And if your employer doesn't give you answers, if your employer ignores you, or God forbid, your employer punishes you for asking the question, there are going to be legal consequences. You have to call me in that situation. But you should always feel uh, that you have the right and feel empowered to ask those questions. You should ask those questions. You should demand answers. And if you know you're owed something, then don't take no for an answer because you know that your employer has to comply with the law. It's not optional. It's not, well, here's the law. And if you want to, employer, go ahead and abide by it. If there's laws, your employer must comply with them. Again, toll-free call us now, live on air, 1-877-399-9898. What if you go one step further? You've uh, you've been asked about the overtime, saying, I'm pretty sure I worked it. I'm pretty sure you owe me. But you didn't keep comprehensive records, and, oops, you were wrong. You didn't get, you don't get paid for the overtime. You didn't work. And the employer says, well, because of that, I'm firing you because you messed up. There you go. So, so a lot of times individuals say, well, I think I'm owed something, and I think I have rights, but what if I'm wrong? Mm-hmm. What if I go to my employer and say, you owe me this, and it turns out actually I'm wrong? Then my employer may be upset at me and punish me. Well, that's where we talk about reprisals. No, even if you are wrong, even if uh, you didn't consider exactly the law or you thought you wrote something, and it turns out you weren't, that your employer didn't do anything wrong, you're not, or your employer is not allowed to punish you for asking the question or even making demands. It's okay to ask and end up being wrong. 
the law of reprisal still protects you. Think about it this way. If you only didn't get punished if you were right, people would be too scared to ask. People were too scared to enforce yeah. their rights in, on the offhand that they're wrong. So it's okay to be wrong and your employer still cannot do anything to you. So that's why, as I said, you have to feel empowered and strong to make demands, to, to get answers, and of course, to ensure that the law is complied with. It's your employer's responsibility to, to comply with the law. And by the way, overtime, we, you, we use that as an example throughout the yeah. segment here. Your employer has to keep records of your overtime, not you. So if your employer doesn't keep those records, that could be a problem for them, and they may have to pay overtime in the absence of records. So put them to the test, put their feet to the fire, uh, knowing that you can't be punished. Reaching out to Lior after the show, help at employmentlawyer.ca. I'm sure we'll get to uh, some of those emails here in just a bit. And one 821 5900 because quite often the case you'll want to have a lengthier private conversation with Lior and one of his team. So feel free to do that uh, anytime. What if, you know, I mean, how do you approach your employer if you have an issue that you want your employer to address? Some people are a little gun shy. They might be fear of, of letting go or reprisal in that case, right? Well, the best way to do it is in writing. Okay. Remember, I've said this on the show for years and years that you always want to have things in writing. Well, approaching your employer about overtime, about vacation, about the severance that you're on, or you know, whatever it is that they, you believe that that they need to do in writing. Number one is uh, your employer can't then deny that this was raised as an issue. Number two is if they punish you, you can show that it's because I did something. And here's the proof that I did because I have it in writing. Your employer may deny that. So so always, always in writing. And some employees may be more comfortable <laughs> doing it in writing than over the phone. Email works beautifully. Even text message works fine. But always in writing, John, no exceptions. And we'll uh, get a quick phone call in here before we take a, uh, a wee break. John, thanks for standing by. How are you? Not too bad. Good, sir. What's your question? Uh, why do farm workers not get overtime? So under the Employment Standards Act uh, and in BC, the Employment Standards Code, uh, and, uh, sorry, in Alberta, the Employment Standards Code, BC, the Employment Standards Act, there's exemptions for farm workers. Uh, unfortunately. So don't ask me why the government decided to do that. Uh, not not my, my call, of course, but there are specific exemptions for certain categories. For, you know, for example, managers don't get overtime. Uh, other categories, certain professionals don't get overtime. And one of those categories are farm workers. Uh, don't know why that is, other than that is what the Employment Standards Act says. Okay. 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 Thanks, John. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the call, pal. If you want to reach out any further, any other questions, uh, either call back or you can call anytime, 1-855-821-5900. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like you said, professionals, IT people. I know in Ontario uh, in the East End, sometimes pool cleaners, which is mystifies me. Don't get overtime. It's really <laughs> weird. But like, I don't know where they come up with that. But uh, the list is, uh, is on and on. It, it's kind of strange. And I guess it would be frustrating, but that's the reality of it, right? By the way, the, the, the biggest kind of category of people that don't get overtime is actually, as I mentioned, managers. And sometimes yeah. an employer may give someone the title of a manager to avoid paying them overtime, but doesn't actually give the managerial responsibilities. <laughs> well, in that situation, you still get overtime, right? You can't just be called a manager, not actually be a manager and not get overtime. So, yeah, you, you, you know, if you are a manager, you manage people, you have those responsibilities, you get paid. 
uh, uh, th then you don't get paid. Otherwise, you have to. So always be mindful of that. That is correct. Use that number. Call us now. You still have some time. one 399 Absolutely toll free. And uh, you got time to call in. You got time to send an email along anytime. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And I always want to remind you there's yet another free and anonymous uh website for you to use when it comes to employment law matters it's fantastic tons of info on there of course there's contact information and one of the biggest gems on that website would be the severance pay calculator that will give you a short 30 second rundown of exactly how much severance you should be owed if it came down the pike that you were let go from your job with either minimal severance or nothing so always check there first before accepting any severance offer again it takes about 30 seconds to go through the program and that can be found pocketemploymentlawyer.ca that is where you'll find that but in the meantime get some calls lined up here one 399 9898. Some more emails on the way. I want to finish off our chat though about reprisals. Uh, what is that getting back to the top of the show? Getting punished for standing up for your rights? A massive no no for employers. So if an employee feels, Leora, that he or she you know, has been working and been brought some things up, or they've been punished for standing up for their legal rights in the workplace, they may be distraught, they may be panicking. What should they do? Well, John, at that point, I need to talk to them. Okay, we need yeah. to, to get to the bottom of what actually happened uh, because, there, as I said, there are significant legal repercussions and consequences if an employer does that. So number one is whatever the employer did, if the, if the employer let the person go, they're going to have to pay compensation fines, maybe even reinstate them with back pay. If they reduced their pay or demoted, demoted that employee, they're going to have to uh, back off on that and, and, and undo that. That could potentially also be a constructive dismissal. So when it comes to reprisal, if you say, well, you know, I, I stood up for my rights. I told my employer I'm being harassed or bullied and I wanted them to, to deal with that. Instead, they punished me. Just That's just one example. If that's what happened to you, we need to talk and we need to talk without delay. The law does not take kindly to employers that are engaging in a reprisal, that punish those that stand up for their rights. The whole point of employment law, as I said, is that you should feel empowered to stand up for your rights. So if, you, if you're punished, if you're being uh, prevented from standing up for your rights, that's when I come in. You have to call me or email me and we'll get it resolved. And always keep Lior's number in your phone because you're working your whole life. You're going to have it standing by if things uh, get a little ugly. That is 1-855-821-5900. It's the number help at employmentlawyer.ca. And as always, our phone calls, top priority. In that regard, Mitch, thank you for uh, hanging by for a moment. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, Mitch. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I'm just curious. Um, uh, and, and this goes back a few years Uh I was employed with the same company for 13 years, uh, and they gave me six months notice um, to my layoff. I'm just wondering how how notice equates in there, or if it even does. Great question. Excellent question, Mitch. So the notice, the amount of notice that they give you that you're losing your job counts towards your severance. So, for example, in your situation, you're probably after 13 years at a minimum would have been owed a year's notice or severance. That means that if you got six months notice at the end of your employment, they still owe you another six months pay, six months severance. So that six months counts, but they still have to make up the difference. Uh, now, when did this happen, Mitch? It was like uh, 10 years ago, you know, uh, like I, yeah. I know it, it has no bearing. Um, I'm just, I was just kind of curious about that though. So, uh, well, that's a, a pity 
and but I'm glad I, I know it now. Yeah, and that's a very important thing because oftentimes employers do provide notice uh, and there's an assumption on both the employee and employer that we gave notice, that's enough. And if they do give, give enough notice, then that's fine. But in my experience, John, and in the vast majority of cases, even where employers give advance notice of termination, they don't give enough notice. They have to make up that difference by way of severance. And if you want to know how much notice you're owed, how much severance you're owed, John mentioned this, but you have two great options. You can call me and I tell you, or you could just do it yourself and you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You use our severance calculator there. In 10 seconds, you can find out exactly what you're owed. And of course, that's free. That's anonymous. So you can always check it out for yourself. Mitch, appreciate the call. It's uh, 1-877-399-9898 to call in and do what Mitch did. Uh, Jared, you're up next. Thanks for hanging on. How are you? Uh, not bad. How are you today? Good. Excellent, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, I have a friend that uh, works for the city of Calgary and got uh, has been with them for like 23 years and has had did something that she wasn't supposed to do and she got she got rode up for it and suspended for two days without pay. And then they, because she got mad at them, got upset about it, then they gave her another fraction. So she's wrote twice and they said one more time she'll be, that person will be, will be fired. Now, can you, they actually write you up for being upset about it? So, uh, uh, Jared, I'm, I'm assuming your friend is part of a union. Is that right? Correct. So whether they can or they cannot, it really does depend on the terms of the collective agreement. So everything we've kind of talked about on this show about reprisals and really everything else only applies to non-union employees. So it does not apply to your friend in that situation. So she needs to get advice from the union as to whether what her employer did is legal or not. If it's not legal, then the union has to file a grievance to deal with that and kind of erase that thing and clear her record. Uh, but the only one that can advise her if it's legal and also help her is the union in this situation. Okay. And what happens if the union decides not to help her? Can she now mm-hmm. seek legal action against them? No, unfortunately not. That The thing is about being unionized is the union is the only one that's allowed to do anything. And even in a situation where the union says, no, we're not going to do it, you're kind of stuck because there's no you don't have the ability to say, well, if the union won't help me, I'll do it myself or I'm going to hire a lawyer to do it. It has to be the union. There's really no options and no exceptions. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate that. We've heard this story so many times. Got to uh, got to keep moving on, though. one 9898 That is the number. Come on, join the party. Always here to answer your questions. Jason, you're uh, you're up next. Hi, pal. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Beauty. What's uh, what's on your mind? What's your question? Uh, so my question is uh, just in terms of uh, long-term disability um, and then it ending and uh, a frustrated contract. I'm wondering if that could be explained. So... Uh a frustration of contract happens if an employee, uh, well, in the context of a disability, if an employee is off for a very long time, usually let's say a couple of years, and there's no possibility or very unlikely that the employee will ever be able to come back to work. In that situation, the employer can say, okay, well, the employment relationship has become frustrated, so the relationship has ended, then we don't have to pay anything. But two things, number one, long absence, and number two, no possibility of going back. If there's just a long absence, but the employee is still trying to see if they can go back and the doctor has not closed the door on them being able to go back, 
then it's not a frustration. And if the employer says, no, no, it is a frustration in that situation, then it becomes a wrongful dismissal and even a human rights violation. So those two conditions have to be met for the uh, for it to be frustration. Keep in mind, the only time an insurance company should cut off someone if they're on disabilities, either they're able to go back to work or they've turned 65. Uh, otherwise, they should not be cut off. And if the insurance company tries to call cut them off, they need to give my office a call as soon as possible. Okay, excellent. That was that was perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the call. Let's see if we can get Susan in here just before we break. Hi, Susan. I got about a minute before we break, but uh, that's cool. What's uh, what's on your mind? Hi, good afternoon. Uh, my question is in regards to job security when you have an open ICBC injury claim. Um, if a person was injured as a pedestrian and then received notice from the employer that they can no longer maintain their position, it was a new job, like they had been in the job for less than a few weeks, unfortunately, when the accident happened, had changed from a contract position to a permanent position. But is the job secure while you have an open ICBC claim? Well, the question, it's not even about the ICBC claim. It's about if you're injured. It doesn't matter if you're, you're injured, uh, you know, cross, crossing the street or climbing a mountain. The reality is that an employer cannot let someone go because they're unable to work. Now, that doesn't mean that the employer has to keep uh, the job open and not hire someone. What that means is the employee is still employed. And when the employee is ready to come back to work, that's when the employer has to make efforts to see if they can bring them back. So are you talking about a situation where the employer flat out said, okay, you're, you're off injured, so we're letting you go? Yes. Well, that is, number one, that employee is owed severance, even if they only work for a few weeks. Let's be clear. But also that could potentially be a human rights violation. So uh, in, in both those things are not good things. Uh, is that your situation or someone that you know, Susan? It's a family member. I'm actually, it's, it's my young adult son. Uh, he was okay. on a contract position for a year. They offered him a permanent position, salaried position, signed all the paperwork with a start date. Two weeks after the start date, he was hit um, as a pedestrian, and now he's been off and just received notice that we can no longer maintain your position. Okay. So, Susan, as I said, that's wrong. It's illegal and potentially both a wrongful dismissal and a human rights violation. So, Susan, have him give me a call as soon as possible at the office. I'll be able to help him. Fantastic idea. Call now. That is the number, one 877 Always toll-free, always ready to talk to you here during the show. Larry, thank you so much for uh, for taking a bit of a breather there with us. What's your question, pal? Well, uh, can the uh, employer force you to buy a computer? Well, it's not really forcing you to buy a computer because they say you can use the one at work. But it's the time that you, if you have no experience with a with a computer, they say, well, this is gonna, this takes a person that's experienced only 15 minutes. But it, for me, it would take two hours, that type of thing, for instance, possibly. Sorry, so, so I'm not sure I understand. Is the issue buying a computer or is the issue using a computer? Well, using the computer, I guess, yeah. Because they, they say you can use computer at work, but if yes. you have no experience, you, you can't do it as fast as someone who's been using a computer for 20 years, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, your employer can't punish you because you're, you're inexperienced with using a computer. So they have to work with you and then, you know, help you. And over time, hopefully you get better and, and, and you can do things faster. 
So if your employer expects but if you, you to use don't a use computer, a computer, how can that happen? Like if you don't have a, I don't. If you don't have a computer, how can you become better? You know. Well, I mean, like with anything else, right? With 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 practice and repetition, we we get better. But you, if so, you don't have a computer, where, where's the repetition? You're saying well, you you, use, you would use it at so? work. Yeah. Right, you'd use it at yeah, work. As, as you use it well, you know, a few minutes at, at work. That's not going to give you any the the experience to become as fast as someone that's been using it for twenty years. Hmm. Well, if, if your employer needs you to use a computer for your job, then they have to work with you and and, and ensure for, that you get better job. or it's or just, find another solution. It's it's not it's it's just. I don't know. Yeah. The there, 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 there's there's no law, Larry, that says your, to your employer, sorry, you can't have uh, Larry use a computer. You know, Especially these days, if your employer needs you for your job to use a computer, then that's okay. But again, you can't be punished because you may be slower than someone else. Your employer has to find a way to work with you or maybe give you a yeah. job that doesn't require a computer if, if you can't figure it out. Uh, but, uh, but it's certainly something that your employer can say, well, I need you to work with a computer, so let me figure it out. Let me give you some help and support so that you can do the job that I need you to do. That number, toll-free, 1-877-399-9898. You still got some time. Hi, Doreen. Thank you for hanging on. You are up. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm fine. I have a question for you. Um, sure. Island Health has taken over uh, Seafield Surgical Clinic in Nanaimo. And we, uh, with the transition they made was that Island Health has hired everybody. So they offered me a casual job, which I've always been casual for 15 years. But does not the private clinic owe you severance? So that's a great question. If you continue working with a new company, then no, the severance is not owed. Your employment, because... Because uh, you're continuing to work, your employment is deemed to be continuous. So that means if you're at some point let go by the new organization, they'll have to pay you severance that accounts for the time you had with the previous organization. So severance is not owed now. Now, if you were not offered a job or if you had decided not to take the job with a new organization, then severance would be owed. But if you're continuing to work, no. Uh, But one thing you want to be mindful of, Doreen, is if you sign an employment agreement with a new organization, you want to make sure that there's nothing in there that extinguishes your previous service because then you're you're giving up something. So you want to be very mindful of that. Well, what the problem is, is I'm casual. So, of course, I'm not going to be really working anyways. There isn't going to be much work because Seafield is a smaller clinic. So I had set, talked to Calgary, the head people in, in Calgary, and they said, no, you because you took the position. They told me initially if I didn't take the position, which I didn't really want to, they said, no, you won't get severance pay either. So it kind of put me in a position where I actually said, okay, I'll work casual, knowing I'm not going to get any work anyways. So, so they kind of screwed me that way. So. So I was I wouldn't have taken the job if I if I was told I could get kept. Well, no. You, you, how long ago was this, by the way, Doreen? How this long was ago just this a few happen? weeks ago. This was uh, they just took over on the fourteenth of June. So so here's what I want you to do. I want you to send an email to whoever the right person is in the organization. You would know who the right person is, saying you're 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 very concerned that with the way the new organization is set up that you're not going to be getting any work and, and you're hoping that's not the case, you want to flag that as an issue. Then uh, before before this transaction happened, how, how many hours, let's say, uh, did you work in a week? How often did you work in a week? 
Well, usually I, I kind of work one day a week sometimes. Sometimes I'd work four, but I was casual. And being a small clinic, uh, there wasn't a lot of staff in what I do. So I would probably get maybe um, maybe three hours a month. So here's what I want you to do then. So you send that email, and then you wait, you wait another month. Let's uh-huh. see what that month looks like. If if it's you know relatively similar, you know in terms of hours, then fine. If it's a big difference, you may still have a claim for severance. Okay, so uh, so send. But I want you to send that email because I want you to flag that as an issue, so so that it doesn't look like you came up with that idea after the fact, and then wait a month. And at the end of that month, if if you if what you said turns out to be true that you're not going to be scheduled, I want you to call me because at that point we can still get you severance. Absolutely. Okay, because I did, I I did talk to them. In fact, I did send them an email, and they said no under the under the uh, Employment Standards Act. They don't. They're not obligated obligated to pay me seven. Well, that's right, but they are obligated to keep the terms of your employment the same. So if the terms are not the same, in that before you can count on getting thirty hours a month, and now you're getting zero, just as an example. That's then right. yeah, you you are owed severance, so uh, cool. they, they can have it both ways, right? So definitely, if your uh, concerns, suspicions turn out to be true, I want you to call me right away. Doreen, thank you so much. And here is that number again: one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Let's get to uh, get to an email as they come in. You can send these along anytime to Leor and his team. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Uh, Danielle says, hey, Lior, I quit my job because my employer owed me $4,000 in holiday pay and vacation pay, and he refused to pay it. I asked for payment many times, and he always promised that he would pay, but he never did. Is there something that I can do to get what he owes me? Well, this is an interesting scenario because, number one, obviously, if your employer owes you $4,000, it doesn't matter, uh, mm-hmm. owes you money for work that you've done or vacation pay or overtime, they have to pay it. Okay, it's not an option. It's not something that they uh, can think about. They have to pay it. So if they don't pay it, there's absolutely things you can do. You can go to the Ministry uh, of Labor, sorry, the Employment Standards Branch. You can call me and I can help you. But this is actually more interesting than that. If this person quit because they weren't getting paid, well, they're not quitting because they they don't want to work there. They're quitting because their employer is doing something illegal. That's Mm -hmm. a constructive dismissal. So not only is this person owed the $4,000 that they're owed, they're also owed severance. It's a constructive dismissal if you quit because your employer is doing something illegal. They're not paying you. They're not giving you what they're supposed to. So you're actually owed severance as well. And I don't know how long this person worked there, but if they're a long service employee, it could be as much as two years pay. So very important that this person call me as soon as possible and let me get to work. And that's the way we'll wrap it up for today. Thank you so much for your emails that came through and all the phone calls on the show today. Continue doing so. Uh, Lior and his team will answer them. No problem. Here's how you do it. one 821 5900 The phone number email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We talked about it several times on the show. It's free. It's anonymous. It's awesome. It's called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And within that is that severance pay calculator you can use anytime. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much right here on the Employment Law Show. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.